Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. It may be obvious from my voice, but I'm a little sick today. So uh, here we go. I'm, I'm bringing you the, the top energy that a sick person can possibly bring. And uh, I'm on like day four of being sick. So I think, I think I'm, I'm coming out of it. I think by the time you listen to this, I'll be feeling better. But unfortunately, at the time of recording, I am not. <laughs> That being said, before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. I uh, I actually met a new listener in person the other day, and uh, he was a little confused because he thought that my studio was in Ganawage, which is... Uh, a, a city town. I don't know if it's a town or a city technically. I don't know what the, the legalistic definitions of borders are because they're nonsense. Uh, but it's a, you know, a, a part of this area that's a little outside of Montreal. My studio is not there. My studio is in Montreal itself. Um, but he had misunderstood uh, from the territory acknowledgement at the beginning. Um, and I want to clarify just for, you know, the sake of people listening. Like uh, w- when I say that we're part of the territory of the Kanyangahaga, that is the Mohawk word for the Mohawk people. Uh, whereas Ganawage is like a, a city that is, you know, massively occupied by the local Mohawk people. So it's like, uh, it's it's not the same thing. <laughs> um, so if you've been listening to this thinking that uh, we are recording in Ganawage, uh, you've been educated now and you know better. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was interesting because it just, it, it reminded me that even when there are things that we know and that we take for granted about the places where we live, if we know, you know, the history and the the roots of the places where we where we settle, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody who lives among us knows those things, right? Um, and so I want to encourage you, to, if you are, you know, in your day-to-day life interacting with people who who make assumptions about that kind of stuff or who think that they know where they are in relation to the indigenous people whose land they're on like don't don't hesitate to like do some gentle correcting and make sure that people actually know because like sometimes people hear something once and they're just like oh yeah that's right and they just go on and know to actually like know the nuances you know I guess that's it. That's my, my call for nuance this morning. Uh, now that I've called for nuance, I'm going to also call for pancakes. So uh, at the time of this episode's release, it is, of course, Mardi Gras, or Fat Tuesday, which is a popular holiday in uh, most parts of the world that have been like touched by the Christian church for any period of time, which is a lot of them. It is a holiday that takes place right before the uh, fasting period of Lent in the Christian calendar. Uh, it's also called Shrove Tuesday, which is a less interesting and less fun name, so like I don't call it that. Uh, but basically, it's an opportunity to celebrate by eating like rich fatty foods uh right before you go into a period of fasting right because when you're going into a fast you usually miss those kinds of things because you're intentionally abstaining from them so this is kind of a day of of revelry and of hedonism a little bit uh so i'd like to encourage you today if you're uh planning to celebrate fat tuesday or if you weren't originally 
to uh, get on it, eat some fatty food, whether you care about the church or not. Because, I mean, listen, I don't care about the church, but I sure do like eating fatty food. So, uh, you know, I'm going to get my schmaltz on, and uh, I would encourage you to do the same. Uh, Joining me today on the show is someone who is all too familiar with getting his schmaltz on, my very good friend and yours, one of the co-hosts of Debate This, a podcast that asks the most important questions about comic books and video games that nobody else is asking, the one, the only, Matt Cole. I like that we're changing it to most important questions. I think that that is valid. And while it is outside of our typical branding, I do agree. I do believe they are the most important questions. They are objectively the most important questions. Exactly. I mean, who the, the world needed to know which boss encounter would make the best romance option and <laughs> what Nintendo 64 color we should use to rebrand America. That's that's those are things the world needed to know. That's the thing, right? It's it's you don't necessarily realize how important a question is until it's been asked. Truly. I mean, you don't think it'd be like it is, but it do. It do. It do be like that sometimes. It do. Hey, I want to talk about pancakes. I'm here to talk about pancakes. Let's today. talk about pancakes, baby. Let's establish the the sort of like baseline of what a pancake is before we dive in too much. Okay. For me, when I talk about pancakes, I'm talking about something that is like generally flat-ish and round-ish. Obviously, like you can't make a perfect circle 100% of the time. Uh, I'm talking about something that is often sweet and is uh, made of like a starchy batter, generally eaten for breakfast, but like obviously that's a generalization. And like a varying levels of thickness, um, you know, at some point, a pancake becomes a crepe by getting too thin. Uh, and at some point, a pancake becomes a cake by getting too thick, but it's kind of somewhere in between the two, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Is there anything that you think I'm missing there? I would add there that I think a pancake has to be griddle fried or like sure. cooked on a flat top, right? Sure. Like I think that is, I, I see the distinction between pancake and crepe, right? Like a pancake gets too thin, becomes crepe. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't think a pancake in itself can ever get so thick that it becomes full cake Mm. because I think you have to bake a cake and a cake has to rise. Sure. And I, I think of pancakes as being forced to rise only through the heat of a flap top. Uh, I I said flap top, like I was going to say flapjack, but a flat top um, with, with the assistance of, of some butter and or oil, I think is how I would, I would cap that off. Cause I think even crepes, right. They like cook on the little flat disc. Same with the, um, this this shows exactly how cultured I am. The uh, I think it's Taiwan that they do the super super thin rolled out pancakes that they then roll up into like street food. I think it's Taiwan, uh, maybe, but I don't know that for sure. I would I be, could just be making that up. I would be inclined to believe that there's probably multiple places where they do a fun rolled up pancake as a street food. Right? Yeah. I mean, like fr- fried bread is is at the end of the day all that a pancake is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I well, and I guess the other distinction is that, like, I would think of a pancake coming from batter and not mm. from dough. Like, that would be my sure. distinction of a fried bread and a pancake is like, you gotta, it's gotta be batter based. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. Like, you're, you're frying something that's pretty wet when you, when it hits the griddle. Yeah. And I, I don't know necessarily that like fry is the operative word there. Like Mm -hmm. I always think of fry because I think that's just the American way, but like that's probably a little ethnocentric of me if I had to, if I had to guess. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it's like, it's not, it's not that it's deep fried, right? That's an important distinction. It's like, it's fried in the sense of like, there is something, there is a hot surface and it sears on it when it hits it. Right. Cause like full on, if it's deep fried, it's a funnel cake. 
Right. Um, if you deep fry batter, it becomes funnel cake, not right. pancake. Also delicious, but and also probably appropriate to eat today, but like not you know a pancake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. full on. Because like I, I think if we're gonna talk about the the word itself, pan, mm-hmm. right? Like pancake. Sure. You've got to have that flat pan that you cook it in. I'm pretty sure that the name pancake came eons and eons ago from just the shape of the pan that it would take when people cooked them Mm. in that pan. Well, that's interesting because I think about it in terms of uh, being like a cake that is all-encompassing, like a pan cake. Sure, yeah, okay. Like like a pan pan is in like pan-American cake? Yeah, like a pansexual cake, you know? Like a pansexual cake! Here we go. It's a cake It doesn't matter who you are, that cake wants to be eaten by you. That's exactly it. I'm glad you said As long as it digs your personality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, so so let's get into the history of the pancake a little bit. I did a little digging before today, and uh, from what I can tell, the oldest record of anything even remotely resembling a pancake appears in ancient Greek poetry from like the 5th century BCE. Side note, I've started calling it BCE, which uh, a lot of people do now uh, in history circles, uh, which stands for before common era instead of BC, which is before Christ. Uh, Because like, you know, like I know that that's the measurement that we we've been using and it's like, eh, but like, eh. These are my my reasons, because eh and eh. Anyway, like 7,000 years ago, we started having written record of of pancakes. Um, The ancient Greek pancake would have been made with olive oil as the fat, um, some honey as the sugar, and then like curdled milk and wheat flour or spelt, depending, uh, and then topped with um, anything from like honey, sesame to cheese. The first use of the English word pancake appeared in Middle English in the 15th century, so maybe like, you know, 500 years ago? That's how that math works. But honestly, like it stands to reason that just like bread, just like meatballs, just like anything that's like relatively easy to get to with like a couple of very common ingredients and heat uh probably people were making pancakes a very 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 long time before anybody wrote anything about it because like you know they're timeless and they're they're relatively simple right yeah i think that if i had to guess i think that i am more confident in my ability to make pancakes than I am in just about anything else. And it's because I have been making pancakes and I've been making pancakes the same way since I was like six or seven years old. Cause okay. like my dad used to make pancakes and I, part of the reason I wanted to come on this episode was because when I was a little kid and had a lot of undiagnosed mental health problems, I really liked routines. And sure. one of my routines was that I had pancakes for breakfast every single morning. Okay. Always. okay. Um, and like, you know, we would, we would pre-make a batch of pancakes and I would eat them all week long. But like, my dad used to make pancakes on Saturday morning and I would help my dad and like somewhere along the way, you know, you, you pick up the the secret knowledge of how to read the bubbles on top of the pancakes when mm. it's time to flip them over. And yeah, I've just been making pancakes for a really long time and it is easy. It's accessible. It's a very accessible food item to make because the skill required to make it, I think, is relatively low and the learning curve on like how do i stop my pancakes from burning is pretty smooth you know you do it a couple times you stop burning cakes yeah i mean that's fair i uh my dad didn't teach me how to make pancakes for obvious reasons uh but i i definitely get that like i've been eating pancakes my entire life i've watched my mother make pancakes i actually i don't think that i have ever 
made pancake batter myself in my life now that I think about it unless the like box stuff counts where it's like here is box mix a little milk or whatever but even with that being said I think I feel relatively confident that I could probably just whip up some pancake batter and make pancakes because like it's fairly straightforward (laughs) if you know if you've eaten a pancake before you know what you're going for exactly and I will say, I'll, I'll put my flag in the ground right now. I think the box stuff counts. Sure. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big Bisquick fan. Sure. I'll shill for Bisquick. Uh, I think that Bisquick has really, like, optimized the pancake, the, the pre-mixed pancake, you know, the same sure. way that, like, you, if you need a box cake, buy Betty Crocker. You need right. box pancakes, you buy Bisquick. Um, yeah. Two eggs and a cup of milk, and you are set to roll. Now, see, I bet that you could make a kick-ass pancake using Betty Crocker cake mix as your like initial starting point. Oh yeah, a thousand percent you could. I, I would not doubt that at all. When I think of pancakes, I think of a little bit more sugar mm-hmm. than not necessarily more sugar than a cake, but like more sugar ratio sure. to um, like a, like a sh- more sugar forward mm-hmm. batter versus like a cake batter um, because you're not looking to counteract the sweetness of everything else you're going to put on a cake. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like you're not going to frost a pancake. I mean, you could. I'm not going to tell you you can't, but look, you probably aren't. <laughs> like most of the time you're not, but like, I don't know. We, we try to have pancakes like once a week with the kids and like there's definitely times where it feels like we might as well be frosting our pancakes with the amount of stuff that they pour on there. Right. You know, like you get maple syrup and you get um, fro- or, uh, whipped cream, not frosting. And you get <laughs> Why not chocolate frosting? chips or blueberry. <laughs> Why not frosting? I mean, at that point, and like we've all gone to a breakfast restaurant with some sort of like bananas foster French toast that <sighs> is, is more bananas foster than it is French toast. Sure. And I've seen that, but with cake. as well so yeah well that's it like pancakes are to me like i know that there are savory pancakes in the world obviously savory crepes as well right like france has a huge crepe tradition and they are certainly not just sweet there's the like traditional i believe chinese scallion pancake obviously made with scallions and is therefore not the sweetest thing in the world because scallions are an onion but but like when we talk about pancakes generally speaking they are sweet you know, and, and fatty. And like, that is, that is something that is just joyful and like versatile in how it can bring you joy. Right. Cause when you're eating something that's fatty and sugary, you can really put whatever else you want on there with it. Like you don't have to worry too much about the base layer being compromised by the toppings. Right. And I, so I've, I've said before on the show, I live in central Ohio down in the States and we had a restaurant here uh, that was on Guy Fieri's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, mind you, but uh, has since kind of like restructured a bunch. But they really popularized, at least around here, and I'm sure it exists other places, but at least around here, the idea of a corn cake. So they're a barbecue restaurant. Okay. And instead of making cornbread, they basically mix cornbread things into like a pancake batter. Okay. And pour it out on the flat top to make a corn cake and it's something that maddie my partner and i have like taken home and made our own recipe and adopted and something we do a lot sure. is like you can make a a corn flour based pancake batter with a good amount of sweetness mm-hmm. and then put yeah like corn and green onions and like a little salt and a little pepper in there and 
fry that on a griddle and have a very nice texture experience that has the sweetness of cornbread, um, but also more the texture of pancake, which I like a lot. Sure. I, I'm I'm trying to imagine it in my head and it to me it's like is it a somewhat grittier pancake? It is. It's it's okay. I don't know that gritty is necessarily the word that I would use. <laughs> it's like almost more chunky. Okay. Right? Because okay. like you make up the batter with like a corn flour and you stir it and incorporate it in a way that it doesn't really have like a grittiness, so to speak, because okay. it kind of you know, the way that a pancake works where it gets syrupy and then you have kind of like the smushed up pancake guts from where you cut the pancake with your fork. Yeah. Like you get some of that with corn cakes. And I think that that plays to the grittiness. But you do obviously have like whole kernel corn in there and, and some okay. other stuff that does make it like a little bit chunkier sure. than your average pancake. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily grittier than like like a blueberry pancake or something like that. No, I think I just, uh, my brain skipped for a second and I assumed there was like cornmeal in it. Yeah, fair, fair (laughs) assumption, not necessary. Sure, yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, because that's my my one thing with cornbread is that like it has that grittiness to it because of the cornmeal that I actually, I really like cornbread, but I wouldn't necessarily, to me that doesn't feel like something that would necessarily go well in a pancake setting. Yeah, I would agree with that because, like, I am a little bit picky about my pancake texture. Mm. Honestly, like, I I don't love a pancake that is too fluffy and airy to the point where it just turns into like a dry paste. Sure, like I prefer a bit of a denser pancake myself. Yeah. And yeah, I think cornmeal would really mess with that in a way that I don't care for. Yeah, it's interesting because like we talk about like big fluffy pancakes, right? Like that's a that's a phrase that sounds nice, but what you actually want is like a a big medium fluff pancake. Because if it gets too fluffy, it's exactly like you said. It, it you don't get the same kind of bite out of it. You want something that's like thick, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The word that I often use to describe my pancake preference is dense. Sure, right? Yeah. Like I don't. I don't want a thin pancake like a crepe thin mm-hmm. pancake, but I don't want a big fluffy pancake that you can like bifurcate and put jelly inside. That's a biscuit. Right. Like I just want I want a, a pancake that is a lot of batter that has not risen significantly and preferably is a little underdone in the middle so that sure. I can taste salmonella because that's the flavor that I like, I guess. But teach their own. I, yeah i i do agree with you that like that misnomer of like a big fluffy pancake is is not really the direction i think most people want to go yeah well and i think it's it's when people say fluffy i think a lot of the time what they mean is like dense but still like thick right like they mean like we want to be able to see a lot of dough inside it you know cooked dough ideally but like but not you know not actually like like big pockets inside or anything right because to me fluffy implies that there has to be some kind of like airiness to it and i don't want my pancake airy yes exactly exactly that like i don't want i don't want my pancake to be like uh do you guys have three musketeers bars in canada is that is that a thing up there god i think so i know i've had one yeah so i love three musketeers bars i think they are the airiest of the chocolate bars but like i don't want my pancakes and my three musketeers bars to have the same the same mouthfeel um i do 
I do think that like personally, this is definitely my own opinion and, and nobody has to agree with me on this, but like, I don't like pancakes without syrup, sure. like pancakes and syrup are a, a partner deal to me. They are things that go together. If you have a pancake that's super airy and has a ton of space inside of it, like that's going to suck up your syrup like a sponge and it's going to turn into this weird sticky dry pasty mess that yeah. i am not into at no all. no that's it like you want you want like at most like 15 percent penetration of the liquid into the pancake i think if we're yeah gonna get yeah technical. i'm not gonna think too hard <laughs> about those numbers but i agree and i'm, I'm willing to fully agree <laughs> Matt, I have a game that I want to play with you, but we're going to pop over to the mid-roll first before we play it. How's that sound? Sounds great to me. Okay. Roll that mid. Ooh, baby. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of February, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need, so by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There is literally no other way to turn zero into six, so so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what the depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Uh, don't forget that this week is your very last chance to submit your nominations and cast your votes to determine who will compete in Munch Madness 2023. Uh, Munch Madness, of course, is our annual food bracket tournament where we uh, go through a single elimination tournament, pitting foods against each other to decide who gets to be crowned food of the year. Uh, there's a lot of strong contenders in uh in the tournament this year, uh, but half the bracket hasn't been figured out yet because half the bracket needs your nominations and your votes to determine who will be in it. Uh, so if you hit the link in the description, you can go and cast your votes. We will be announcing the winners of that vote uh, next week. The winners. They don't really win anything except a chance to win. Uh, but we'll be announcing who uh, the popular votes are next week so that we'll have the full roster for the tournament Uh on the 28th so you have until like the end of this week basically to get your nominations and your votes in um so do it quick if you want to have a say in who wins or who has a chance to win i guess this year if there's a food that you really want us to crown food of the year you better go vote for it or write it in as a nominee because otherwise it won't stand a ghost of a chance I don't know why I went for a ghost of a chance there. It is February, but there's nothing spookier than bone chilling cold, I guess. I also want to remind you that uh, during the month of February, we've set a goal for ourselves over at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod, where we want to try and raise our monthly pledged support from listeners like you to $50 American per month. We are a little over halfway there. Uh, we've got two new patrons who joined up to our Patreon within the past week, and that is wonderful, and I thank you both for being part of that. Uh, but it is not over yet. We need uh, a few more at a few different levels in order to get us there. If we successfully hit the $50 a month mark, we will be launching our No Bad Food Recipe Club, where you will get a recipe delivered to your m mailbox, inbox, patreon feed you'll get a recipe once a month uh that we have created and uh we'll encourage you to you know make it and share it and post about it and we'll you know share our our favorites and our you know little tips and tricks around it uh it'll be a fun way to connect with the community so uh if you want to be part of that if you want to be part of our patreon which also gets you the chance to request topics for episodes of the show go to patreon.com slash no bad food pod and make it happen and uh you know much madness that i mentioned a minute ago yeah if you uh sign up to our patreon before the end of february you get to be a guest judge on that so uh 
make your voice extra heard by giving us extra money. No good word rhymes with heard. Turd. Let's get back to the show. Let your voice be heard and give us a big turd. Matt, do you want to play a game? I would love to play a game, Tom. All right. I have a game for you. It's called I Hop or I Shop. The rules are simple. <laughs> okay. I'm so down. Let's go. This is dumb. Oh, boy. The rules for this game are simple. I'm going to read you a list of ingredients, and you're going to tell me if you think it's a menu item at IHOP or a similar restaurant chain. You don't have to know which restaurant it is. Or if you think it's just a bunch of stuff I need to buy next time I go to the grocery store. I love it. Tom, have I ever told you I've been kicked out of an IHOP? Why'd you get kicked out of an IHOP? For being rowdy. Rowdy? Matt? I've been kicked out of a number of places, Tom, but uh, there is exactly one IHOP that I'm not supposed to go to anymore. That rules. (laughs) Well, hopefully uh, talking about them on a podcast doesn't get you banned from all of them forever. Let's do it, Matt. We're going to start you off with a super easy one. Uh, Here's list number one. Strawberries and banana. Wait. (laughs) wait so you did not deliver me an option in the fashion that i expected um is that is that toppings available on pancakes at an ihop or an ihop style restaurant or is it just my grocery list okay absolutely it's toppings it's toppings for pancake (laughs) it is uh it is available at ihop and also at most other places that sell pancakes because it's a classic it is my favorite fruit combination tbh yeah, I think for me, I, I'm I'm not a huge banana person. I'd rather swap that out for like cherries or something. Mm, sure. I really, really like strawberry banana specifically. I do not care for strawberries on their own. Mm. I do love bananas. I've had some very good strawberries recently that have been like blowing my mind. And I think that's one of those things where every time I eat a strawberry or anytime I eat a fresh fruit, my body is like, oh my God, wait, we never eat these. And it like tastes extra good to me, which I think is my body crying out for nutrients, you know? <laughs> like, please, please another. More fruit, more. Uh, speaking of more fruit, here's list number two. Lemon, ricotta, protein powder, mixed berries. That's absolutely a, a pancake topping. It's one that I have had. Okay, yeah, that is available at IHOP as well. Yeah, I saw lemon and ricotta on the menu together and was like, I don't even care about that protein powder. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah, I I love lemon and ricotta. Uh, Next up, we've got spinach, cherry tomatoes, turkey bacon, fruit. That sounds like your shopping list, Tom. Believe it or not, Matt, that is uh, the Fit Slam from Denny's. Oh, oh, really? Can you give me that list one more time? Spinach cherry tomatoes turkey bacon and fruit and that is so that's a menu item that doesn't necessarily go on a pancake or does that come with pancake so the the slams at denny's you can get like you can kind of customize a little bit and they can be served with a pancake or with like toast or with you know uh english muffin like whatever kind of thing okay all right sure yeah yeah yeah, i'll buy yeah next list strawberries making a triumphant return balsamic reduction ricotta well, that sounds really good. That, I'll be honest, sounds good enough to me that it makes me think you made it up because I don't trust a restaurant <laughs> to have come up with that combination on their own. Matt, uh, I work so at I'm, a restaurant. 
I know, and it, it sounds like something you came up with, Tom. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, you're correct. It is it is an iShop. This is stuff that I would like to buy soon uh, because I've been thinking that I would like to make pancakes with strawberries and balsamic and ricotta. Felt like a good like little like middle ground to put in there. Yeah, the balsamic reduction sounds really good. I'm really into that. I think balsamic reduction with like like a hot honey would be really good. Ooh, say that again. Balsamic reduction. <clears throat> it's hot honey. Oh, it's hot honey. All right, next list, we got vanilla, caramel, and whipped cream. Oh, that's a that's a restaurant for sure. That's a that's a kids menu ass pancake topping. <laughs> that is the IHOP Mexican tres leches. What? That's not what Trace Leches <laughs> is, Tom. I love Trace Leches, and that certainly isn't it. Welcome to IHOP. I I know it's International <laughs> House of Pancakes. I don't know what Trace Leches is. I find it so buck wild that they can call themselves the International House of Pancakes while saying things like that. Okay, this is, let me ask you another Canada versus America question. Mm-hmm. Did you guys get the weird ihop marketing scheme i think it was probably like three or four years ago now where they said we're no longer the international house of pancakes we're the international house of burgers oh i remember ihop ihop like what and then you you have the gall you have the gall ihop to return from your burger-based schemes and call that Trace Chase, you fools. You absolute maniacs. It's really something. It's really something. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It sounds delicious. Yeah, I mean, like, I'd eat it, sure, but, like, that's not... Yeah. That's not what that is. No. You can't just use words that way and expect them to matter. Can't they? They're IHOP. They can do whatever no. they want. No, they can't. <laughs> All right, next on the list is a 24-hour live-streamed praise music service. Hold on. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) What the shit did you just say to me, Tom? That is, in fact, uh, what's being served up on the menu at IHOP KC, the International House of Prayer in uh, Kansas City. (laughs) I just wanted to mess with you there. It's the other IHOP. You've never heard of this place? Well, I mean, I have now, but... (laughs) Oh, this game sucks. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That was that was a that was a joke. We're gonna we're gonna go to our next real one. All right, you ready? You looked me in the eyes on the Zoom call and told me it was a joke, and I still don't really <laughs> believe you, Matt. The next list is butter, powdered sugar, and Nutella. That's on a menu somewhere. That's absolutely on a menu somewhere. Matt, believe it or not, it's not on the menu at IHOP. Okay, well, you were giving me Denny shit earlier, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom. Yeah, 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 It's definitely on the menu somewhere. Uh, it's not on any of the menus that I looked at today, bizarrely, but I am positive that I've had this exact fucking pancake. Combo. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So that's on your... What do you want that for if that's on your uh shopping list i mean frankly i always need butter like butter is one of those things that is so expensive that every time i find it at the grocery store i buy it if it's like on sale so butter is like a permanent fixture of my shopping list i don't delete it you know um nutella and powdered sugar i've been making at the shop recently uh bomboloni which are like uh italian filled donuts but instead of filling them with like a piping bag you slice them in half so it's almost like a sandwich uh, Interesting. And for those, I've been doing, you know, some that are Nutella with powdered sugar on top, and they sell pretty well. Is that you're gonna hate me for saying these words because it's a it's a bastardiz- bastardization of both foods? But 
Um, is Bumbaloni just like Italian baklava? Not even close, my friend. I don't know. Have you, you had a baklava? Describe baklava to me with a donut that's stuffed, but you separate it. Um, I'm I'm really reaching for the definition of baklava here. What but, baklava have you been eating? Uh, you know, lots. I like baklava a lot, but I think that I think that the way that you described that donut could have been a description of baklava. Let's move on. What's your next list? What's your next list item? I'm struggling here, Matt. I'm struggling. All right. <laughs> next on the list, we have cheddar cheese, bacon, sausage links, and hash browns. Yeah, that's definitely on a menu. For sure it is. That's like the American that's the American scrambler at breakfast.shop. I'm so glad you got so close cuz that is the all-American slam at Denny's. Oh yeah, dude. It's the same thing at every restaurant. It's it's the the all-American or the lumberjack or the farmhouse or the the champions breakfast. Those are all those all mean the same thing. Construction worker, big boy. This is the blue-collar conservative scrambler. Oh, no, I don't like that. That one comes with a side of racism. Uh, <laughs> next up on the list, butter, powdered sugar, lingonberries. Uh, I'm going to say that lingonberries would not taste good on pancakes. I don't I don't want lingonberry pancakes. Um, but I also don't think that you're out there in Montreal buying lingonberries, so I'm going to say that's on a menu. Uh, believe it or not, it is on a menu, and it is the Swedish crepes at IHOP. Yeah, sure, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, to to say that lingonberry is a Swedish flavor is is really diminutive because it's the flavor of Swedish fish, but okay. Yeah, I, uh, I have never bought lingonberries. I have... I think we have lingonberry syrup in our cupboard, maybe. I don't think I've ever seen a lingonberry in real life, to be honest with you. I've had a lot of lingonberry things, but I don't think I've ever seen one. I don't know what a lingonberry looks like. I'm going to Google it. Oh, lingonberries Uh, look a lot like... Kind of like cherries, right? Like tiny. They're they're tiny, and they look a lot like the poisonous berries that grow on bushes that only birds can digest. Yeah, yeah, they, they absolutely do. We talked about this on a DT episode. I don't remember exactly which one but we talked like at length about lingonberries um and i learned a lot about them because we looked at what the flavor of swedish fish is yeah fair you know it's never occurred to me that that's what the flavor of swedish fish is yeah i think it was our candy crush episode because we were talking specifically about like what is the flavor of swedish fish is it red is it cherry is it strawberry (laughs) is it just like the color red um and it turns out it's lingonberry that makes sense yeah, I do like Swedish fish. It, like my my hot take right now. This is this is one that's going to divide people. Uh, is like of the Maynard's candy box classics that you get for Halloween. You know, you've got your like fuzzy peaches, your uh, sour patch kids, your Swedish berries, and your Swedish fish. I actually sure. like. I think I vibe the hardest with the Swedish fish. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. I don't disagree with that. Like, I I like Swedish fish. I just don't like the way they get stuck in my teeth the same way i feel about sure. like um like duds sure i mean honestly i feel that way about most candies yeah true <laughs> yeah full agree uh all right matt speaking of things that get stuck in your teeth are you ready for the next list i guess craft mac and cheese that's it that's the list <laughs> that's not a list the list has more than one thing that's just a thing um that's your shopping list they don't you can't that's not that is it. Pancakes? Ooh, Matt, trick question. This is, in fact, on the kids' menu at IHOP. Okay. All right. International House of Mac and Cheese. Get your shit out of here. 
also, I only buy Wacky Mac. How dare you? I don't know that we have Wacky Mac down here. That doesn't sound like anything I've heard of before. It's, uh, it's like a kosher craft dinner. Wacky Mac. Oh, English US. It says, it says they're here. I'm not surprised that you've never had it. Because, like, I don't know. I don't know very many people who aren't Jewish who have had Wacky Mac. I, yeah, I don't. The kosher is just a section in the back left corner of Kroger to me. Right. There is probably Wacky Mac there. I would encourage you next time you're at, at a store with a kosher section, see if you can find some because it's really fucking good. I'm going to look today. I, I put a little Old Bay in mine and it really... Ooh, uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Oh, it's good. And I don't... When I make my mac and cheese, I don't like put milk in. I just slop down a lot of butter. I, I got to say, the milk kind of makes it for me. Like I'm a okay. big... I'm a big cow milk person um, <laughs> and i know that that is terrible both environmentally and for my insides but mm, that mood you that's fair i just i prefer it a little fattier so i tend to just go with like enough butter to make up for the fact that there's no milk yeah fair again hence needing a lot of butter on my grocery list always <laughs> uh, all right next up we've got maraschino cherries hickory smoked bacon pork sausage eggs chocolate chips and whipped cream that's on a menu for sure yeah that is uh the ihop funny face pancake combo on the children's menu. what the funny face <laughs> oh oh on the children's menu okay yeah, all right yeah that i i have less icky insinuative questions about it now fair yeah uh next up we have maple syrup brown sugar and thick cut bacon yeah that's nobody writes the words thick cut bacon on their shopping list you just say bacon like a regular person that's a menu matt believe it or not that's my shopping list why would you write thick cut bacon say bacon tom because sometimes i prefer thick cut bacon over the fucking stringy thin stuff Actual question. Actual yeah. question, not a bit. Sure. Uh, when you say thick cut bacon, do you mean like what we described out here as Canadian bacon? No, I mean like strips. Like okay. I, I mean a strip, cool. but like about like two or three times thicker. Like, you know, when you get bacon in a package, it's often like maybe like an eighth of an inch. It's yeah. Like and you're looking for the like quarter inch thick cut. Yeah, exactly. Like I want to be able to like plug my bacon into a guitar. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely understand what you mean. That is that is just what we would call thick cut bacon down yeah, here and not it. Canadian well, bacon. And the thing with Canadian bacon is that it's not something that people in Canada call bacon. We call it pea meal bacon or like uh, back bacon, I think is the other thing we call it. You just said you don't call it bacon, and then you said the word bacon two but different ways. But you know ways. what I mean. Like, when we say bacon in Canada, we're talking about the same thing you are when you say bacon. So yeah, calling it yeah. Canadian bacon always just makes me go, like, what's Canadian about that? Because it's nothing to us. I refuse to, to call it Canadian bacon. It's just ham. I just call it ham. It's just fucking ham. It's absolutely just ham. Speaking of things that are absolutely just ham, are you ready for the next one? Let's go absolutely just ham. Broccoli. <laughs> this this game has been far more difficult than I expected <laughs> it to be. Um... I I think this is on a menu. This seems like a side. Like, I bet if you're at IHOP and they're like, do you want hash browns or home fries? You can look at them like a pervert and say, give me broccoli. <laughs> if by a pervert you mean an old person, then you are correct. This is on the IHOP 55 plus menu. Uh, it's an option when you get the all natural roasted turkey. Also, side There's note. an age limit on that broccoli? <laughs> yes. You cannot you order turkey. You old to ride this broccoli? Look, the only way that you're allowed to get a turkey dinner at IHOP is if you are over 55 years old. That's incredible. That's wild That's, to me. Yeah. I'm gonna, I want... 
Give broccoli to the children, IHOP. <laughs> Let them eat You're broccoli. You're discriminating based on age. That's illegal. Let them eat crucifers. <laughs> <laughs> Let <laughs> my people brock. <laughs> oh, no. All right, Matt. I've got one final list for you. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. This one's for all the, the donuts. The final list. Onion, cheese, secret sauce. Ooh. Lettuce, pickle, 100% beef patty. Hey, that's a Big Mac. <laughs> you can't trick me, Tom. That's a Big Mac. <laughs> that is, in fact, the McDonald's Big Mac, and I'm proud of you for not falling for my ruse. No, two all beef patties, special sauce, pickles, lettuce, tomato, onions on a sesame seed bun. Yeah. I think I added something in there. I don't you added th- tomatoes. There ain't no tomatoes. tomatoes. Yeah, it's not Mac. tomatoes. That's okay. We all fall short of the glory of God. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for playing IHOP or iShop. I can't say it's been a pleasure, but it's been a time. It's been a journey, at least. Yeah, absolutely it has. Now, before we wrap up, I want to ask you, what is your ideal pancake configuration? I'm talking, like, recipe. I'm talking toppings. I'm talking, like, time of day you want to eat it. If I were to say to you, Matt, tomorrow you're going to have the best pancake experience of your life. Tell me about it. Yeah, okay. I'll take this opportunity to be a little a little touching and nostalgic and genuine uh part of the reason that i like pancakes as much as i do is because when i was a little kid um like under 10 uh my grandpa on my mom's side when we would go and visit them would make pancakes for breakfast and he would always make mickey mouse shaped pancakes oh, I love that. Uh, which are actually just three pancakes you put too close together uh the real impressive thing is that he flipped it all with one spatula which i've still not really like oh, nailed down yeah. but that particular grandfather passed away when i was pretty young okay. and um I still look very fondly upon branded pancakes uh, due to my grandfather. And and so I think, you know, if, if I could have my perfect pancake experience tomorrow, I would I would love for my grandfather who passed away truly like two decades ago um, at this point to make me a Mickey Mouse pancake. But on my own uh i just love a pancake ass pancake like i I want a dense bisquick you know it's 9 30 on a saturday the regular crowd stumbles in and we're making pancakes baby like that's what i want i like blueberries but not particularly are you okay did i get you with that reference (laughs) you know billy joel loves a fat stack of pancakes he sure do. That's what that song's um, really about. Yeah, I uh, I, I like a, a regular pancake-ass pancake. If you're going to get crafty, put some blueberries in there. Hmm. Um, and then I like a pretty, like, shitty, syrupy, sugary American syrup. Like, I all respect out to real maple syrup and people who enjoy it, but I, I don't. Give me, that, give me that nasty, nasty shit that has more calories than it has natural ingredients that's what i want yeah that's i think my my ideal cake situation look honestly about the like maple syrup versus table syrup thing i i see merits to both honestly like i i would not be 
of the north <laughs> if I <laughs> didn't have some allegiance to maple syrup. But like some days I just want like well, I don't specifically want Aunt Jemima because that's problematic. But you know what I mean. Like I want like a like a bottle of like we can't legally call this maple syrup, so we're just gonna call it syrup. Like I just yeah. I need I need something that's just a little like cloyingly sweet, you know? Yeah, a thousand percent. I my grandfather on my other side really likes this stuff called king syrup. I've um, heard that. Yeah, yeah, which is like it's it's like the mecca version of maple syrup IMO. Um, cause you know, like I, I do enjoy maple syrup and I like maple flavored things. I just don't really put it on pancakes and maple syrup is like thick and gooey. And then King syrup is like tar. Like, it's like, you gotta, you gotta put that shit on a Bunsen burner if you want it to come out of the bottle. Um, and I, I don't understand how my grandfather eats it. Cause I can't even, it, it just like, it, it ruins your whole pancake. You can't cut anything. You just glued it to the plate. Sure. But, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> Here to that sort of thing. Well, that's it. And and I think the thing with pancakes is like it's very easy to have them be as accessible as possible for the people at your table because you can just make the pancakes plain and have everything else be an option, right? And that's why I love them. I, I think any food that's like relatively easy to make and can be made en masse for like relatively cheap and then served up to a ton of people who don't necessarily like it the exact same way that's huge that that rules yeah yeah a thousand percent i'll give one more little anecdote here before mm-hmm. we wrap up the episode um so i went to college here in central ohio at Humble a small brag. yeah <laughs> yeah i'm an elitist with a degree <laughs> grew up in the 90s with classic understanding of the benefit of higher education and no understanding of college and debt. Anyway, um, I went to college in central Ohio and there was a small Methodist church on our campus that would host two community meals for students a year. So every year during midterms, every semester during midterms, I guess I should say they did four a year, but a semester every semester during midterms they would do a spaghetti dinner and then like the weekend before finals week they would do midnight pancakes they would open the church doors up at like 10 p.m and you could just show up and it was a big old pancake buffet and everybody on campus went and they did it on the friday night before finals so everybody got trashed like just so trashy uh and and my my friends and I used to have this chant that we would do as we would run through campus where we would go pancakes, pancakes, free fucking pancakes, pancakes. And we would chant that shit the whole way into that church. And every time we would roll up drunk and stumbling and the nice ladies at church would be like, you boys get in here and you get yourself some pancakes. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a real togetherness to pancakes. Like you said, you can, make it on mass you can make it accessible for anybody at the table like in the same way that you can just like kind of slap a loaf of white bread on the table and be like i don't eat this people can make it into whatever they want and i think pancakes are really great for that yeah you know how everything is a board now people are doing butter boards and and whatnot yeah yeah where's the pancake board we need where is the pancake board yes i agree like, I agree we need the pancake board. Yeah, just like like stacks and stacks of pancakes, fat stacks of pancakes, 
And then like a countless array of syrups and spreads and butters and nut butters and fruits and like just everything you could, uh, meats, egg, like whatever you want for breakfast. Just, I mean, I guess I'm describing a breakfast buffet, but I specifically want it on a board on the table. Yeah, yeah. I think that that is an opportunity that we as a culture are missing straight up. I think pancake boards are a great idea. I would love to see more of those. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that this week. Maybe I'll make a pancake board. I feel like your kids would be super into it. Like that seems like a really cool thing. If if I woke up one Saturday and um, my parents were like, "Guess what, kid? Pancake board." I'd be in. Yeah, right. Like it's it's kind of it's it's a little magical. It's a little messy. Yeah, it's a little it's a little country and it's a little rock and roll. That's exactly what I was going for, <laughs> Matt. Thank you so much for being my guest on this here pancake episode of No Bad Food. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, as always, for having me. I love the show. I love being on it. Um, And I love you, Tom. So thank you for inviting me here today. I love you, too, buddy. Do you want to plug some stuff before I let you go? Tell people where they can find you and listen to more of you? Yeah, happily. I am one-fourth of a podcast, which we talked about earlier, called Debate This. It is a podcast that answers the most important questions about comic books and video games that no one is asking, like what color Yoshi is the best, or uh, we have a sequel to our Forged in Fire episode coming out here um, probably about a week, either before or after this episode comes out. Depends how the internet works. So um, After probably. You can, yeah, probably after. You can find all of that uh, at debatethiscast.com or by searching Debate This wherever you get your podcasts or... You can look for at debate this cast on social media. And if you just want more of me, you can check social media. I am at MC underscore DJ underscore MC. Yeah, actually, I want to like double down on the recommendation. People should absolutely check out debate this because you guys don't just do the like hypothetical questions episodes. You also do these fantastic deep dives that like are just such a perfect in-depth information dump without being too like esoteric for people to understand what you're talking about and like there are so many things that you guys have done deep dives into that I didn't know jack shit about uh before listening to it and now I'm like okay like I feel like I kind of have like a decent understanding of that and that is like that's a feat for comedy podcasters to be able to pull off that you guys are able to do that level of research. Uh, maybe it's just cause you're a bunch of college educated liberals, but I, uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it. So I, I'm going to just like double down and say listeners, if you do not already listen to debate this, get your ass over to the feed and do it. Thanks. I really appreciate it. I love what you're talking about. We call flavor texts. I do love those episodes. A big part of debate this and like the ethos behind debate. This is that, we are all full-time adults and part-time nerds and as fun and cool as like video game and comic book podcast can be it hits a level of inaccessible when it gets too in the weeds right mm-hmm. and it's so easy in 2023 where there is a constant barrage of content from every angle all the time it's so easy to feel like you're on the outside of you know whatever fandom you want to be a part of because you don't know enough. You haven't seen that movie. You haven't read that book. You haven't done this thing. And, you know, you don't have enough nerd cred because of that. Um, and I see that all the time and and that sucks. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things at the core of debate this and part of the reason we do the flavor text is just because we want to 
make that knowledge more accessible for people mm-hmm. and and we want people to feel like you know they don't need to read all like 65 anamorph books if they don't want to they can just listen to this two-hour podcast about it and uh yeah it's really cool check it out like tom said um debate this cast just search for debate this wherever you get your podcasts i'm a little furious that you guys branded them as flavor texts because now if i want to do something similar with food on this show i don't feel like i can call it a flavor text and that would have been great for a food podcast and i've been racking my brains for like a a similarly good pun uh but you know what that's that's not your fault that's on me it is i mean it's a great name we stole it so magic um it's good it's so good the official name flavor text is because that's what magic calls the little paragraphs at the bottom of magic cards they call those in their in their production flavor text mm-hmm. so that's where we got it from yeah i need like uh recipe notes or something but there's yeah not as, yeah it's just not as good i'll figure it out i'm figuring yeah it out. we'll get there i'll I'll, yeah. I'll brain i'll brainstorm workshop that for you put our we'll put our brains together between the two of us we have at least two-thirds of a brain so i think we'll be there we'll yeah two-thirds of a brain exactly <laughs> All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode of No Bad Food. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can hit us up on the socials at No Bad Food Pod. Individually, you can find me at Tom Zalatna. You can find my co-host Teffer Bear at Teffer Bear. And you can find Matt here at MC underscore DJ underscore MC. If you like this episode and you want to help us make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash no bad food pod and donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, Sarah, and our two new patrons, Nell and Carol Ann. Thank you, Nell and Carol Ann, for uh, joining up and becoming patrons. Do you want your name to be the next one on the list? Do it! You can get all kinds of awesome perks, like the ability to request custom topics for episodes of the show. Uh, I'll read your cheese lines if you want that. Like uh, It's like a palm reading, but with cheese. Uh, and, of course, you also will uh, get the added perk of being part of our recipe club once that gets launched when we hit $50 a month in pledges. Um, And, you know, if you pledge before the end of February, you get to be a guest judge on Munch Madness, uh, where Matt will almost certainly be a guest judge. Maybe you'll even be on the same episode as Matt. You want to be on the same episode as Matt? It might happen. Patreon.com slash NoBadFoodPod. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends at the Pod Cavern merch store. Uh, my kid wore an apron, a kid-sized apron that's still too big for him because he is small, uh, to his daycare the other day because they had a baking day and everybody loved it. And you can get your own apron, either adult-sized or kid-sized, at the uh, merch link in the description of this episode. It has our logo on it. You can cook no bad food in our apron. Guaranteed. <laughs> Unless unless you're a bad cook. I can't guarantee that. It's not a guarantee, folks. You still got to know how to cook. And of course, you can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice or by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Fatstack of Pancakes Ingles. And our cover art is by David International House of poop flam you can find links for both of them in the description of this episode and last but not least the show was produced and edited by me tom zalat and i as part of the podcavern network you can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com we'll see you next week you understand it just takes a little time it takes a little time it takes Slowly.
No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Have you ever seen those lists on the internet that's like top five sandwich toppings, top five movies of the year, top five celebrities who have a very punchable face? You know what I'm talking about. The point is, all these lists drive us crazy because we have no idea who made them and how they even narrowed down their top five list. That's where my podcast comes in. My name is Tung La and I am the host of Ranked, top five lists of stuff that don't matter. In every episode, with the help of a motley crew of self-proclaimed experts, we debate, battle, and work together, showing you the entire process of how we got there to create a top five list of any and every topic we can think of, like top five brunch menu items, top five fictional dogs, top five 90 songs, top five Steve's. The list goes on and on, and we will not rest till we rank basically everything. So join us every second Thursday in the pod cavern for ranked top five lists of stuff that don't matter. Top five, top five, top five. What Mega Man boss would make the most terrifying kaiju? I, for one, want to be the first to welcome our new kaiju overlords. How would Adam Sandler fit in the MCU? I injected myself with the Green Goblin serum. Oh! Debate This is a podcast that asks the questions about your favorite video games and comics that no one is asking. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you download podcasts and on social media at Debate This Cast. None of it's that is so mind control. Though. It's so close. It's not it's, so close. It's-